When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? It is Ricky the Blue, the associate editor and Virginia Tech football beat writer for TechSideline.com. Welcome back to another episode of the TSL Podcast. As always, I am joined by Will Stewart and Chris Coleman here in the TSL offices in Radford. And guys, the most important thing that has happened this week. It's 70 degrees today. No, no, but it is 70 degrees and it's beautiful. It's going to be nice for Saturday's spring game as well. But you guys know where I'm going with this. You, you know you know I'm really big into uniforms. I'm really big into how they look. Tech released their new uniforms for the 2018 season, and um, I don't like them. <laughs> uh, it, it just doesn't look like much effort went into them. I'm, I'm, it's funny. I, there was a poll somewhere. I don't even remember where it was. It was probably a Twitter poll. And it said, what do you think of the new uniforms? Love them. Hate them. Eh. And I checked eh. And I think something like 50-plus percent of people checked, eh. I hate them. It's just... And, and, and there's only there's only one problem with them as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm okay with the all-orange. I don't like. I don't care, but you guys know that I'm okay with orange. Uh, this stripe, this yeah. singular stripe, it's I would one take, I would, stripe. I would take the stripe off. I actually liked the all-orange uniforms at Tech War against UNC last I know. year. Yes. They were awesome. But they didn't have a stripe on them. Yes. I think, I think the lack of a stripe may... It makes it look I'm much pretty better. sure we talked about how, at least off the off the air, about how we actually loved that design, yeah, and that we were hoping that they would just make it maroon, you know, and that'd be the uniform. Mm-hmm. But instead, we got this diagonal singular stripe that looks really weird on the white uniform because it's orange, and everything else in that uniform is maroon. Oh, yeah. The helmet, the numbers, the collar, the pants—it's all maroon, and you get this weird. This weird block of orange on the shoulder. Just, just take the stripe off, and I'm sure they'd look fine. Uh, they, I, they would look great. They would, they would look they good. Would look, they would look fantastic. Yeah, I think they, they'd be very, they'd be plain. Yes, I, I like, but I'm, I'm okay with plain. I, uniforms. I like clean uniforms. Yeah, and they'd you be know, very clean. I like our 1998 to 2003 uniforms the best. There were no stripes, just a maroon jersey with white orange pants. shoulder numbers. It, that was the only flare on them. Right, right, yeah. and and that was my favorite look. So I'll be a little, uh, slightly contrarian here. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I'm not a fan of those stripes, but if you did a little something with them, like broke up the monotony of the stripe, and I don't even know what I'm really saying, like find a way to put some angles in it, taper it, add some texture to it, do something. It might look, you know, palatable, but as as it is, it's, it looks like somebody took a paintbrush or some tape and went... <laughs> No, I, it actually I, does look like they put a piece of tape on it. I, I will say, I will say, there is one one thing I do like about them. I, I like that it says "Tech" on the side yes, of the pants. Yes, I think that's I'm, a good I, look. That's awesome. I and think I that, also like the hokey stone kind of accent in really, the numbers. That's really and, subtle. And you can't see that unless you really zoom into the picture. Like, like the first, uh, the first time I looked at the uniforms yesterday, 
I was like, I thought they had hokey stone numbers, but you can't really see it yeah. unless you uh, unless you. Really but the question, the question is, will you be able to see it in high def television? Right. You know, so we'll see how that. Yeah, plays yeah, out. yeah. You might, but again, I just ugh, I can't get over this this stripe. I was talking with someone about the uniforms yesterday, and I told him, look, the uniforms are great. I like the tech on the side. I don't mind the all orange. But the damn stripe, man. Man, they were great up until they added the stripe. I can't, I just can't get over it. Uh, you know, I will say this. All right, uniforms are one of those things. A lot until you see the team playing in them, it, it, it's kind of hard to judge completely. I don't really like what I've seen so far, and it's only because of the stripe. If they just take the stripe off, it'd be I great. Think it I'd have be, no, yeah. I have no problems. I think I would have I think zero it, issues. I, absolutely, but you know, when when it comes down to it, though. If they win, I'll certainly tolerate the uniforms. <laughs> they could come out come out there wearing the Falkhorn Leghorn helmets again. And, is, and if they win football games, I'll be okay with it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right, we have spent way entirely too much time talking about uniforms. So let's go ahead and get into the rest of the podcast. We're going to talk about Virginia Tech football. Obviously, there was an open practice. We're going to get into that. And also, we're going to get into kind of our, our biggest questions Facing the team for the spring game, which is on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. If you haven't gotten your tickets already, go get them now. <laughs> that is a long-time TSL joke. But anyway, before we get into all that, I do want to thank our sponsors at the Fisher Law Firm. The Fisher Law Firm is Virginia's trusted DUI and traffic defense firm dedicated to defending individuals charged with traffic-related offenses. They're based out of Blacksburg and can serve the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. Whether you're charged with driving under the influence or speeding, the Fisher Law Firm realizes that each case is important to the client. The firm does cases throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia and regularly appears in over 30 jurisdictions. Last year, 90% of their caseload was traffic offenses, and to date, the firm has defended more than 15,000 people charged with moving violations. For free consultation, you can call them anytime, day or evening, toll-free at 1-800-680-7031 or email them at info at fisherlegal.com. Again, the number is 1-800-680-7031, and you can email the Fisher Law Firm at info at fisherlegal.com. All right, so before we get into some some football stuff, because there's plenty of football stuff to talk about, Chris, I wanted you to give us an update on Tech Baseball, because they had a big comfort-behind win against Marshall. They swept that two-game series, which mm-hmm. one was played in yeah, Blacksburg. Yeah, it was a series, one in Blacksburg. One was and played one in... in Charleston? Well, right. uh, uh, yeah, it was on the road for, for the other one. And see, what happened was earlier this season, one of the games, the game that was scheduled for Blacksburg got snowed out. Okay. So, uh, or rained out or something like that. So they just they just pushed the game forward a few weeks into the season and just played them on back-to-back days. It's not something that happens Unconventional, but Unconventional, but it works. But yeah. Tech goes 2-0 and in that one. So far, they're 15-17. and mm-hmm. Overall, 6-9 and nine in the ACC. Um what are your thoughts on the team so far? I think they lack two things. I think they lack a number three starter, and and they lack uh, bullpen depth. Um, and then the bullpen really hurt them. The uh, the rubber match against Virginia. Uh, they had a five two lead against Virginia, and going into the eighth, and, and put in the bullpen, and they were able to split that doubleheader. Was that Friday or Saturday? The doubleheader was, and the next day they lost the, uh, the rubber well, match. The doubleheader was on Friday. Then they took Saturday off okay. because of rain, and yeah, then they that's played right. it on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and and looking at the ACC standings right now, Tech is in the Coastal Division six and nine. So are uh, Virginia, Pittsburgh. So that's a big deal. If Tech wins that game instead of instead of being did I say seven and nine, they're six and nine. Yeah. They would they would be seven and eight and would be further up the standings. That, that's two uh, two rubber game losses in a row that really hurt. It was the NC State. NC was the State other one, one right? was one to nothing. Yeah, uh, one of the rare occasions where they they couldn't play any runs this year. Um, I think. I mean, that's just what the program lacks, and that's going to take a little while to, to overcome that. 
I, I would, but for them to have a one and two starter that have been pretty solid, that's got to be impressive in year yeah, one of the Chef tenure. Yeah, Connor Coward has done well. Um, I think Ian Seymour is a star in the making. I think arguably he's been, as a freshman, he's been Tech's most consistent pitcher. Um, I, I think Connor Coward's done great, but part of me, if Virginia Tech had a big game tomorrow that they had to win, I think I might pick Seymour. Interesting. And that's nothing against Coward. And he's a freshman. I, I think Seymour, his uh, his ERA against ACC competition is under three, which is incredible. Yeah, it's impressive. It's got to be one of the best marks in the conference. I mean, there's so much talent in this league. So I'm impressed with what Chef has done so far. I like his recruiting tactics. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to run an article today. Um, maybe we've already run it by the time you listen to this pod- podcast, but uh, Corey Van Dyke did a feature about Lou Karansky, who's a Juco catcher that Virginia Tech brought in, and he's a guy that was on the Canadian na- uh, junior national team whose, fa- whose team played against the Toronto Blue Jays. He had a single off Brandon Morrow, who now pitches for the, <laughs> for the Chicago Cubs. So this guy's faced professional talent before, and uh, he went to a junior college and you know did not get drafted last year. And within 20 minutes of the draft being over, Kurt Elbin, Virginia Tech's hitting coach and pitching coordinator, or recruiting coordinator, calls him up and says, we need you at Virginia Tech. We need another catcher. And boom, yeah. he ended up at Virginia Tech. And, and that's good recruiting. That's turned out to be a good addition, yeah. too. Yeah, everybody that Chef has brought in, uh, it seems like, you know, they're contributing in their first year. And uh, I think he's, he's gone the Ju- Juco route to a certain extent. And those guys have worked out. Uh, but, but, you know, a few of the freshmen are, are contributed, uh, contributing as well, both on the mound and in the field. So I think it's a good start for Virginia Tech baseball. They're 15-17, and 17, which I know doesn't look good on paper, but this is a much more sound team, a much more capable team, in my opinion, than, than, than we've had in the past. It definitely seems that way, and they've got a big series this weekend against Louisville where they'll be having the grand opening yeah, so, of English Field yeah, Union Park, let, the let, renovated version. Yeah, let's get this out there. Uh, Virginia Tech spring game starts at 3.30. It will be over with about 5.30. Virginia Tech versus Louisville is at 7 o'clock, and it's a grand opening of Union Park, and it should be a big-time atmosphere under the lights. They may or may not have the new video board working in time. I've yeah, driven, that, that one's, if, it's, yeah. if it happens, it's going to come in right under the wire. Right. I've driven by it, and it looks pretty close yeah, it so, does. so we'll see um so yeah come on out for that now it does cost 10 bucks to get in the game and there are days. tickets available last i checked yes and there I, are. And I checked recently yes you actually have to pay for these tickets unlike yeah. the spring game right exactly <laughs> there, there are not tickets for the spring game folks just show up yeah but uh it should be a really good uh environment and good weather finally for the first time this year in blacksburg we'll have good baseball well, well i know that i was talking with someone in the department and they said there's a chance of rain on sunday mm-hmm so what they might do, and it, it, this is still you know subject to change. So right now it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. The Sunday game may be moved to one p.m. on Saturday. So play two on Saturday. So they would do one at, on Saturday and seven on Saturday. That, with that the would spring add, game that would in actually, the middle with the spring game in the middle, and then the grand opening with the fireworks. Yeah. game two that night. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's a that's a plan, but right. it's not the current plan. Right. And and if that happens, I think they would they might pitch Ian Seymour on Saturday night. So he might end up being the Saturday night starter in that game. So yeah, he you would have be. a chance to get to see the freshman. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So if you're in town for the spring game, you should probably go watch that because Tech Baseball, go look at the park. It's going to be great. I haven't seen it yet or at least been inside the park yet, but I'm looking forward to, to getting over there sometime this spring. All right, let's go ahead and talk about this open practice that we got to see. Uh, this was the second open practice, but really it was the first if you consider that the the first open practice that we got to see was about 15 minutes. 
Um, so stretching and yeah, yeah, it, it stretches really well. Was. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and kind of open the floor to you guys because you guys were there as well. Uh, what were some of your observations? Things that you took away from this? Go ahead, Chris. Well, I, I think the quarterback situation is 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 a lot more clear than it was. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be some kind of big quarterback competition coming into the spring. There has been for the number two spot. Um, I think Hendon Hooker was leading early, uh, but I think uh, I think Willis has uh, Ryan Willis has progressed more. It in seems the, like he's piece flat out past him. I think he's yeah. I think he's progressed more in the passing game, and Hooker's kind of hit a wall to a certain extent. And you could see it in the open practice that uh, Hooker just didn't know where to go with the ball, uh, and found just found himself scrambling. And, a and they're lot. they're basically running. What may or may not, I don't know if pass skeletons include defense or not, but what we're talking yeah, about is do. quarterbacks dropping back in a seven on seven, eight seven on eight. Seven on seven environment, yeah. Not not being rushed. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. it's not a full 11 on 11 that we're talking right. about. Well, and when they did do the full 11 on 11 part of practice, which was the red zone uh, portion, Penn and Hooker did not get a single rep, as far and, as I can and remember. And JJ and Willis right. did. Right, right, exactly. And uh, and Fuente even said after the practice, I forget the exact quote, but you, you know, you put it in one of your articles. He he said, "Yeah, Hooker will have a chance to catch him, meaning he'll yeah. have a chance to catch Willis." So I mean, yeah, Fuente's let's, let's be clear. This is where everybody is right now. Right, it could change. It could, you it you never change, know when the right. light bulb is so going to go on. So to piggyback off of that, I thought it was an interesting point in the quick uh, Q and A session with Fuente. Um, there was a, a reporter there that asked him. Um, what the competition was going on like at, like at the backup quarterback position. And he didn't correct the reporter. He went on and said, right. yeah, it's, it's Hendon and, 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 and Willis right now, well, which indicates to all of us that Josh Jackson has clearly separated himself as the number one. I think anybody who was at that practice who knows anything about football would say, yeah, it's not a competition right, right now. Uh, uh, Willis has the best arm talent of anybody on the team. Uh, he's kind of like Brett Favre if he trusts that arm a little bit too much sometimes, <laughs> though. And Fuente doesn't like his turnovers. And, you know, Jackson has a year in the system, and, and he looked he looked really good the other day. I mean, yeah. he looked healthy. He was throwing the ball well. Um, he was dropping some serious dimes on his back shoulder throws or, uh, along the sideline. Um, so I was impressed with him. I was impressed with Willis. I think at this point last year, and even into the season last year, Virginia Tech had one quarterback on the team that I would trust in a game, and that was Josh Jackson, and he was only a redshirt freshman. Well, this year, they've got two quarterbacks I think I'd trust in a game, Josh Jackson and Ryan Willis, and they've both started Division I F- Power 5 football games before, so Virginia Tech, is they're just in a much better position at quarterback than they were a year ago at this time, even six months ago at this time. Not only do they have, or do you feel like there's two quarterbacks on the roster, I think now they start to feel like they have two quarterbacks on the mm-hmm. roster they trust, because it was clear last season there were times where Josh Jackson was really struggling to get it mm-hmm. done. Right. Because he was he was banged up, and I, and they continued to put him out there because it seems like they just didn't have the confidence in AJ. They Bush. didn't have the confidence in AJ Bush. Uh, some people speculate that Bush kind of checked out mentally after he didn't win the starting job, and and they were even working him at receiver some uh, d- during the course. That, that of the part season is not practice. speculation. They right. were that part is yeah they were they've said that. Um, so uh, yeah, they had no confidence in anybody else. Uh, they couldn't play Ryan Willis because he, he, he was to sit out for a transfer. Uh, they weren't going to burn Hooker's red shirt because if you know he's not ready right now, he certainly would not have. Been, he certainly wasn't ready in the middle of the season. As a last freshman, year. right? So I mean, they really didn't have much choice. Um, but they have a choice this year. If Jackson gets hurt, like he got last year, if he has a fractured 
a hairline fracture in his foot, if his throwing arm is all hurt like it was last year, then you know they can rest him for a week or two and, and bring in uh, bring in a guy like Ryan Willis and I, I who I, I think could do a competent job for Virginia Tech. Will, what were some of your takeaways from Tuesday? Hezekiah Grimsley looks yeah. the part. You know, it's uh, were uh, we talking about how he lo- he looks on the field? He looks like he's like six two. He, and, he and, and he's listed at he six looks bigger. Feet. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was you know he last year you could you could tell he was young and and he ma- and he made some great plays towards the end of the year. But I, I thought uh, during the during the practice the other night that he looked the part and he played the part. I think it's his long arms that makes him look taller. You think so? Yeah, could be um, it's his long arms. It looks it looks a little bit like he's bulked up to me. But as strange as this may say may may sound, he's gone from wearing number nineteen to wearing number six. And maybe that has some sort of uh, perceptual effect going from a two-digit digit number <laughs> to a single-digit number. I, I don't know. The, the guy just – we got there, and one of the first things that was said was, does Grimsley look bigger to you? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and he didn't really look huge to me when, when in interviews a couple weeks ago. But but when you see him on the field in his uniform around everybody else, he does stand out. Maybe he's and wearing big pads. Maybe so. But uh, <laughs> I, remember, he was my dark horse pick last week to lead the team in receiving. And – if anything, I feel more strongly about that after after seeing him the other day. I thought he was good. Now, now granted, Damon Hazelton was not was not practicing really yeah. because he was and he's, he's been banged out. up. Yeah. Same thing with Eric Kuma. But uh, you know, right now, I, I think Hezekiah Grimsley. Right now, if the season started tomorrow, would be Virginia Tech's number one receiver. Before we get into obviously our biggest observation, I want to talk about Devin Hunter really quickly because. To me, there's another guy that looks the part. Yeah, yeah, to me, it felt like he did look the part. He played the part for the most part. He did make a mistake. Um, Chris, you you pointed out uh, on the on the touchdown later in practice to Hezekiah Grimsley, but it seems like he is developing. He is progressing, and there is a serious chance that he could be one of Tech's five defensive backs. I thought he was really good up around the line of scrimmage. Now you know it was a non-tackling practice, but that didn't stop him from laying somebody out at one point. And, uh, <laughs> he, and, and, and he got him got himself yeah. a little banged he up. Knocked himself a little yeah, silly. Knocked himself a little silly. Came out for a couple plays, but came back in. Exactly. Um, I, I, you know, it's still he's still so young. I mean, you got to remember the guy's still his first year on campus. It's it's he's he's still academically a a freshman. Yeah, right? this guy's a young player, uh, so he's going to have some mistakes in the passing game. Yeah. Which, which he did the other day. It was just a busted coverage, but it was not. It was not a physical mistake. Well, that, and he, he he's playing a position he's not familiar with. Right, right. It's a, it's a position he's brand new to. He's on the wide side of the field instead of the short side of the field. Um, but he looks the part. Um, I think he would be an excellent player for Virginia Tech up around the line of scrimmage, and you know, depending on what what happens at cornerback, what they want to do with Mook Reynolds. Uh, you know, I, I think Hunter's progressed to the point where he could do a competent job for Tech if he was in the game. So it'll be definitely interesting to see if Mook Reynolds does get a look at corner, given Virginia Tech's lack of cornerback depth. And that is because... Let's segue into that. Yeah. um, So we were sitting there in practice, and I don't know how far we got into it before one of us pointed out, I'm not sure who it was, but pointed out that... uh, we didn't see Adonis Alexander out there. We didn't see at, at all. We didn't see thirty six out there at all. And um, and and to and to clarify, even when players are injured, they're required to show up for practice, out. and they 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 dress they, they dress, they dress out, out in either a blue jersey or a green jersey, depending on how injured they are. Yeah. And he was not in a blue jersey or a green jersey or him, a regular jersey. We saw him after practice, and he was in street clothes, right? Which is not common. Yeah, definitely not common. So. Uh, in the Q&A session after, we asked Justin Fuente about Adonis's, um why he was absent from practice. 
And this is the exact quote. I'm going to try and say it exactly how Justin Fuente say it, said it. Uh, he said, quote, Adonis has got, he's a little nicked up and then working on school. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't bode well if you're, if your most experienced cornerback is working on school. Okay, well, if he was, all right, he is hurt. Now, we have heard he has a little bit of an arm, shoulder injury, something like that. But if he was work actually working on school, then why was he at practice? Here's my, all right. If, if you're taking time off from the team to work on your grades, then why are you at practice in the first place? If you're at practice, you should be dressed out, right? There's something going on there. Did he did and he went to, he went on to say that Adonis will not play on Saturday. Yes, th- then he also said that Adonis Alexander will not play in Tech's spring game on Saturday. You can't necessarily take anything out of that because I think he is too hurt to play. Like, uh, or he's not necessarily too hurt to play, but you don't you don't risk a, a starter, an important guy like that. Uh, if he is banged up, just to play in a meaningless spring game, um, but there there's stuff going on with Adonis behind the scenes, like, like there always is. Um, so uh, like there always has been. All, like there always has been, right? And is he going to play next year? Uh, I feel like something's going to happen, and that the answer to that is no. I'll put myself out there. I just get the feeling the answer is no. I've I've been ready and unless something changes right. drastically. I think I think the answer is no. And generally, things don't change drastically going into somebody's senior season. At that point, you are who you are, and and you're going to act how you're going to act. It just doesn't change. Sometimes that much. a change of scenery is what's required it's, for things to change. It's been clear that in his career, and and we've kind of been harping on the podcast about this the last couple of weeks, but this has kind of been a developing situation now for a couple of weeks. Um, he's had issues the last three years now. Two for sure. Well, you, well, you had year one where he was suspended for the opener, right? Uh, or that would be his second. That would year. be a sophomore year. And then last year he was suspended for two games, right? And then now you've got him supposedly working on schoolwork and not being dressed out for practice, mm-hmm. and there being questions there. So you're starting to see a pattern of issues here, right? With him, and I'm not sure that Tech is going to be able to count on him next fall. Well, I mean, I've been writing and saying that. I'm going into the season trying to get two other cornerbacks ready to play, and if Adonis is ready, then I consider that icing on the cake. Yeah, and I brought that up before the spring, yeah. too, that you can't exactly count on this guy given his track record mm-hmm. and also his inconsistency on the field. Even right. when he was playing last year, he didn't seem to be a uh, consistent option at corner. He's like, I, don't, I don't think he plays as good as he looks. He looks great, but uh, you know he isn't uh, I don't think there's I any thought question he, I thought he's he, got all the I physical he, tools. I thought he was at his best when he was a true freshman. When he was playing safety. Um, yeah, and, the, and, he, and he played corner later in that year and played well there. Um, I thought he was really, really good that year, but he got, he just hadn't got better. And uh, and I think his uh, – and I think that's more of an all – without going into detail or anything like that or or, or, or anything, I think that's more of an off-the-field thing than an on-the-field thing. Uh, I think you, you need to – if you want to be consistent on the field, you, you need to be consistent off the field. And that's not just coach speak. It's, it's the truth even for a talented player like Adonis. So uh, I think he has to do a lot of things to uh, to become a really good football player for, for Virginia Tech. And, uh, you know, time's running out. Um, for, you know, Fuente talked about put up or shut up about his offensive lineman. <laughs> it's kind of put up or it, shut up time for it Adonis absolutely Alexander. Is, it absolutely is. So so let's, let's talk about the offensive lineman. Virginia Tech got a big commitment yeah. that I think happened after the last podcast, right? Yes. Brian Hudson. Yep. Uh, yeah. Four-star offensive lineman, um, a guy that had a 
a lot of really good offers. I mean, yeah. you guys know what they are. So, Chris, go ahead and talk about uh, Hudson. Yeah, Hudson, um, I really like the way offensive line recruiting is going under Vice. You know, the three guys they signed last year, two of them had double-digit Power 5 offers. Um, you know, the, the and the other one had two Power 5 offers, but they were from North Carolina and West Virginia, so they, they were good offers. And you start off this year's class with a couple of four-star guys. And, you know, Hudson, you know, you don't know how many of these are committable offers and how many aren't, but – it, at the very least, they're a sign of heavy interest. But, you know, offers from Alabama, LSU, uh, I think maybe Ohio State was in there. Notre and Dame. where is he from? He's from Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, he's, he's from Kentucky. So uh, I think that's a big get um, going out of state, get, getting a guy like that. I, and I really like overall what we're seeing from Vice. Uh, he started, he's, he's beating major programs head-to-head for offensive linemen, which is important. Before that... He was finding diamonds in the rough like Silas Danzi and Christian Derisaw, who I think look really good so far. You know, Derisaw may or may not redshirt this year. I don't know, but I thought he looks the part, and he looks like he's going to be a very good player. And Danzi, right now, you know, he was the, he was running with the number ones at left tackle. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring that up about how he was playing and, left tackle. And these, all, all night long. Right. I didn't just try him. He was there all night and, long with Nijman over at right Apparently tackle. it's been that way all spring. So, And, and you got to remember that, that both of those guys – were were not, were not recruited. I don't think either one of them had any any other Power Five offers. In Dancy's case, I th- he was like two, a two hundred forty pound defensive end. I think his off, other listed offer was Delaware State or something like that coming out of high school. And so Vice signs him, stashes him at Fork Union for a year, and all of a sudden they show up on campus and you're like, man. Vice Vice noted that when uh, Danzy came on his official visit, he was two hundred and forty two pounds. Right, right. And then when he came back from Fork Union, he was 304. So, and, and, you know, Fork Union with John Schumann, who's a former lineman himself, Fork Union has always been very good at developing offensive linemen. And I think Vice is smart enough to realize that. So Vice is, is, doing, is doing two key things. You know, he's showing that he can beat Power 5 programs for, for big-time recruits, uh, which is important. But a lot of offensive line offensive line recruiting is kind of a crapshoot as tech fans know to a certain extent and he so vice is also showing that he can identify the diamonds in the rough and there are so few diamonds in the rough these days in, in recruiting because of all the of the camp circuit and everything like that so so he's doing both he's identifying diamonds in the rough and he's beating out major programs for offensive line recruit and he's showing he can develop players too so i think you give the you give him a couple of years where he's got all his players in here and they've all had a chance to be in the weight room and everything like that, then uh, I think Virginia Tech's going to have a strong offensive line. In fact, I think they've already got a strong offensive well, line. I think they're going to be good this year. Well, let me ask you this. Does it concern you at all that a redshirt freshman um, is one of Tech's best five offensive linemen right now in Silas Danzi? Does that concern you at all? Uh, I don't know if he's quite ready to be left tackle. Um, uh, Trevon Hill abused him a couple times the other day. Now, now that said, Trevon Hill's a really good player, and and, and we've seen in the past, you know, it does it, just because you get beat by Virginia Tech's defense in practice doesn't mean that everybody else's defense is going to beat you. I mean, that, that's that's Bud Foster's. And, and I thought in some cases the quarterbacks were holding the ball a little a yeah, little long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. So, uh, but on the whole, I, I think he's done well. I think he's more comfortable on the left side. I think they might prefer to start him at right tackle, but if he's more comfortable on the left side and he is one of your best five, I, th- I think they're leaving him there this spring for a long, long time to try to develop him there because well, they well, feel you know, like he you might know, be. You know what you've got in Nijman. 
You right. already know what he can yes, do. So exactly. go ahead and lead, put the other guy out there and, and give him a whole spring and see it, what happens. Exactly. So it wouldn't shock me if he turned out to be one, one of their top five. Um, and even if he doesn't. And that doesn't worry you at all that he's a redshirt freshman. Well, at the expense of whom? I mean, who are we talking about getting past? Well, well, going into last fall, Tyrell Smith was supposed to be the 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 next guy at tackle, and then he got hurt. Yeah. And since then, he hasn't been the same. You have T.J. Jackson, who's another option at tackle, although he looked like he was working well, at guard a bit in practice. I, I didn't notice him at all. Um, I thought I heard he. I think I've heard he's kind of hit a wall. Has he? Yeah. Um. So I I think Tyrell Smith is one of those guys. I think he's probably physically as good as he's going to get. At this point, well, yeah, um, he's entering his fourth year in, right, the, right, in the program. Right, exactly. So you, you want to kind of balance. You want to get your best player on the field, but you also want that guy to have some growth potential. And I don't know if Smith has has any more growth potential in him. He might be, for lack of a better term, the the Parker Osterlo of of this offensive line, like the sixth man, the guy that could play a bunch of different spots, but isn't quite starting caliber. Yeah, uh, Vice mentioned that uh, he's got a few guys on his roster that can play all five spots, right. and Tyrell's one of Tyrell's them. Tyrell's one of them. So, makes him a valuable player. Yes, it does. Doesn't necessarily make him a starter. Yeah. Now, they have tried him at center, right, and that did not go well. Is, uh, I remember that correctly. I believe he correctly. played center early on in his career, but it's, he hasn't well, done it in a while. I, yeah, and I don't know if it went well or not. Who, who did they try last year that struggled to snap the ball? Oh, that was, that was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, remember, Gallo had trouble doing it. Yeah. Um, and because remember Chung started Gallo that game and Chung had problems doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now Chung is back, and all, all indications are he's playing really well. Yeah, like I think he's going to be an upgrade over Gallo at center because he's, he's stronger than Gallo. He'll be able to push the pile more. He'll be able to get more. As long movement. as he stays healthy. Yeah. yeah, as long as he stays healthy. So is is hashtag Vice Squad a thing yet? Do they do that on Twitter? I don't know if they no. And don't don't bring that up. Don't give them any ideas. Oh, well, man. that's an awful. Vance Vice is very active on Twitter. I don't know how much he tweets, but he likes a lot of stuff. I know, so. yeah. But still, I don't need any more cheesy, corny hashtags <laughs> from VT Football. If you're but listening, I, I, you know who you are. I want I want it to work out for Vance Vice because that's just a super cool name. Right? Well, I mean, he's a he's a dude with a lot of character. He walks around in a rubber suit half the time. With his cap backwards. He's got a he's got a he's got a cool haircut. You know, he talks funny. He says he, did, he was talking about those the Fuma guys, idea. and he's like, you know, they've been through hard. They've seen tough or something like that. And it's like, you know, he's always got the, <laughs> he's an interesting guy. So I, I'd like to get him and Shebist and Charlie Walls together. With no microphones and a few beers. <laughs> that would be a fun conversation. <laughs> yes, it, yes, indeed it would. So let's go ahead and talk about this Virginia Tech spring game. Um, thoughts on potential turnout? I mean, it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. The, the weather's going to be good, but there's been a lot of a lot of talk on, on our message boards. And granted, we have fanatics, not just fans. We have fanatics. There's There's been a lot of talk about the lack of information that comes out of the program these days. And, it's been a lot. And how it kind of dulls fan interest. Um, yeah. I can tell you that our, uh, our page views are not down very much from last spring. They're down about 5%. Um, whereas, by, by contrast, moving the recruiting signing day from February to December – slaughtered our January traffic. It was down 40% this year, in term, just in terms of page views. Um, so it's not like we're seeing a, a – that's one of the ways in which we measure engagement and enthusiasm. It's not like we're seeing a disconnect in that statistic. But there has been some discussion about it. And uh, 
the weather is going to be good. I don't remember what it was like last year or the year before. It was rainy last year. Yeah, so um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not going to make any sort of predictions. There's, uh, you know? there's two ways to look at it. You know, let, let's say you, you had open scrimmages and they, they kept stats for scrimmages and, and they had a bunch of coaching interviews on BeamerBall.com each week. And the first time Ryan Williams touches the ball in the spring, he goes 80 yards for a touchdown, like happened back in the spring of 2009. And everybody's like, wow, this guy's really good. You better come to the spring game to watch Ryan Williams play, right? Yeah, that's stuff that got talked about right, and right, reported right. back then. For all, you know, for all we know, something like that's happened this spring, but we don't have any idea. Um, so that's, that's nothing to get fans excited about to say, man, I really need to go to the spring game to see this guy play because I can't wait until September. Yeah. But on the uh, – but so maybe you're not excited because you have no information, so you stay home. On the other hand, this is the only chance for you to get any information at all about the team until September rolls around, until Virginia Tech plays Florida State. So there's two ways yeah. to look at it. I don't know. I, I think the weather will certainly help. I mean, it'll be a good crowd. I have no doubt that. It's yeah, be a I good mean, crowd. It, it it should be a good crowd. There's really no. To me, I, I I don't know whether there'll be whether whether it will be thirty thousand people or forty thousand people. To me, that that that's the that's the that's the big. Yeah, question. I think that's what we're talking yeah. about here. So yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what it's like because I know last year was a bit of a disappointment because of the weather, and yeah. I know that that really depressed things. But there's no excuses this year. There's good weather. There's a lot of stuff going on that weekend. Um, I, I I can't wait to see the baseball stadium. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I've driven by it, but yeah. I haven't walked up to it and been in it. Exactly. So we'll see how the turnout is. But in terms of the biggest questions that you have for this game things that you're really looking forward to seeing, um, what are some of the things that you guys are, are, are kind of excited to see? I'm excited to see guys actually tackle people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Excited to see actual football? <laughs> actual football, 11-on-11 well, well, with tackling. Let's be honest, it's not actual football. It's a glorified scrimmage with plenty of rules, but go ahead. I want to see some cornerback play. Um I, I don't know that Virginia Tech's two starting cornerbacks this year will even play in the spring game. I mean, right, right now their starting cornerbacks are Bryce Watts and Tyree Rogers. Yeah. Um, you've got Adonis sidelined, obviously. You got Jeremy Webb coming in as a JUCO this yeah. summer, and then Caleb, Caleb Farley's out with his knee injury. Um, I, I'm. I think I wouldn't shock me if all three of those guys I just mentioned were better than the two cornerbacks. That they're going to start for Virginia Tech in the spring game. Uh, a true sophomore and wide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be watching those cornerbacks just to see does Virginia Tech, do we really need to spend all summer praying for an upgraded cornerback? Um, because I, I thought Watts was solid the other day in the 45 minutes I saw, but I didn't see anything that suggested to me that at this point in his career as a true sophomore, still in his first year on campus, that he's ready to start. Yeah, and right now he's probably number, Tech's number one corner. Same mm-hmm. position as Devin Hunter in the fact that he is in his first year right. on campus, so he's right. still learning things. Um, for me, one of the biggest questions is how the young linebackers hold up, mm-hmm. not just against the run, but in coverage as well, because we've talked about how few linebackers, few Mike linebackers were as equipped as Andrew Matua to handle the pass mm-hmm. as well as he was. And I'm curious to see if Dylan Rivers and, and Rayshard Ashby can hold up. Uh, I think that's a good thing to look for. A thing I'm interested in seeing is the running game. Cause, yeah. Because uh, I think we have a handle on where the quarterbacks are. And we sort of have a handle on where the receivers are. You know, two of their top receivers are out. 
Uh, we didn't see Jack from the running backs the other night. We saw, we, we saw a lot of pitch out options where they run five yards and run out of. But bats. they didn't talk. There was no tackling and on the no ground. No tackling. Right, right. So, so. so you can't. And that, that's the thing. It's really hard to to practice breaking tackles and making guys miss when you're not tackling on the ground in practice, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is a chance. Uh, they're going to go full in the spring game. Obviously, I want to see those running backs break a couple tackles, make some guys miss. Yeah, I One think that's other, important. Yeah, it is. One of the other things I want to see is. Can Ryan Willis close the gap at all mm-hmm. with Josh Jackson? I don't know what the gap is at this point because we've only seen 30 to 45 minutes of one practice. But I'd like to see if Ryan Willis can close the gap and have a spring game either better or at least equal to than what we saw with Hendon Hooker last year where Hendon Hooker played pretty and, well. Well, and here's the thing. Hendon Hooker went 10 of 11 in last year's spring game. But he just... When we saw him the other day, and from what we've heard about scrimmages this spring, he's not a he's not a ten of eleven type of guy. He just kind of yeah. got a hot hand in the spring game, and you know the teams divide. Uh, he was playing the back second up, team, you know, yeah. exactly things like that. Uh, a lot of starters are out. You don't know who's really playing hard, who's not playing hard. Things like that. It's a spring game, and my first spring game was April of nineteen ninety nine, and I left that. I was five th- years I, old. I, was, I, I, I left that spring <laughs> game thinking, man, this Michael Vick guy. He was talking about overhyped. He was like three of eleven <laughs> for like twenty yards. I'm like, and Dave, he, and he didn't really show anything in the running game. They probably had a yellow jersey. The, 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 the most exciting thing I remember about that game is you know he was roommates with Ronnie Whitaker, yeah. and Ronnie Whitaker nailed him right on the sideline and got <laughs> I think, flagged. I think he picked for, him up. For, for I think 15, he picked him up and yeah, tossed him yeah, down for a fifteen yeah. yard penalty. That was right in front of me. That was the only thing exciting about that spring game. Other than that, I'm like, Dave Myers is a starter. I mean, maybe Vic will be good after another year of seasoning. You know, so oh, these goodness. spring games, man. There's just well, at least they don't break a bop anymore. Are there right. any? That's right. They, are there any spring games that stand out to you guys in the past? Think no. spring games that you like remember? Uh, there, there, there was one where Tech had like four or five commitments, and uh, I think J.C. Coleman committed the day of the spring game. Uh, it might have been the one that actually uh, uh, they didn't have. Thunderstorm came up and we got like a thunderstorm came up. We got like five commitments, you know. So, <laughs> they so cleared that, the stance and everybody go yeah. home. Speaking yeah. of commitments, there will be a special recruit on campus. Uh, for his official visit, and that'd be Devin Ford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it'll be nice, I guess, for for Tech to have him on campus is, with is good weather his, and a good turnout. Mm-hmm. Is that his final official visit? I don't believe so. I think he's got one more to, to Penn State, but, but he is going to decide sometime in, in May. I think it's like May sixteenth, May eighteenth, yeah. something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I I think it's Virginia Tech and Ohio State. I, I don't like that Ohio State's it. involved. I don't like that they're involved, but. I felt, I felt pretty good about four. There were two fans from one from Ohio State, one from Tech, going at each other on Twitter mm-hmm. a couple days ago, and it got really, really aggravating because they tagged me in the thread. Well, and so you kept well, getting the, so I had the to notifications. Mute it. <laughs> well, you're right. Well, uh, one thing I like is is I believe I've read before that Ford's a big Michael Vick fan, and he when he visited Virginia Tech one time, it was when Vick was here, and they had set had a nice little meeting set up between the two. And that really That's put true. Virginia Tech up, up his list. Well, from what I read on, on Twitter this morning from uh, Dwight Vick's Twitter account, he's like, I know of a couple of Vicks that are coming to Blacksburg this weekend, including my cousin Mike. So uh, Mike's going to be here and this Dwight's weekend. Dwight's a former player. Right, and Dwight's a former player. And uh, I think I'm sure uh, Michael will spend some more quality time with Devin this weekend. <laughs> and, uh, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, so I, I feel good about his recruitment. I, I, if Virginia Tech can land him and Jordan Houston, I think that would be a big-time coup with the running backs. Well, you, you got to find a kid. you got to sell him on the opportunity to be – you know, I don't. I don't want to overstate it, but be a program changer. Mm-hmm. You know, he he could be a 
both perception wise and we hope production on the field wise. Right. He he could he could help push this program. Somebody made a good point on the message boards that um, Tech's offensive line recruiting began to dip around the same time that Tech's running back recruiting began to dip. A lot and of that now that, that's fair enough. <laughs> but then they're they're talking about now they're wondering if maybe with Tech's uptick in offensive line recruiting with the addition of Walker Culver and John Harris last year, and now Jesse Hansen and uh, Brian Hudson, will that start to maybe yeah. know, draw the eyes of some some nice running backs? Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if Tech's running back recruiting actually dipped. Trey Edmonds was a four star guy. He's in the NFL, by the way. <laughs> J.C. Coleman was a four-star guy and, and like the number 101 recruit in the country. He just didn't pan out. Drew Harris was a four-star guy. Shy McKenzie was a four-star guy. I mean, these were big-time running back recruits with a lot of offers, so I, I don't think they necessarily dip. I just think in Edmonds' case, he, he got hurt. I think J.C. put on too much weight. Uh, I, I don't uh, – Something was de- off about Drew Harris. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but he just, well, he flamed out of UMass. Well, he, he had trouble tech. sticking anywhere. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was just something wrong with him in general. Um, so I don't think there was necessarily anything wrong with their recruiting. It was just some bad luck, bad player development, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Bad um, coaching. Well, Shy McKenzie. We won't, we won't get into that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Shy McKenzie hurt his knee. Right. Twice. Well, Marshawn Williams hurt his knee yeah. twice. Right. Uh, I'll say that I think the one missing piece here in a couple of years at Virginia Tech is going to and could potentially be a running back. But if we get Devin Ford and Jordan Houston, I don't think that missing piece will will will, will be there. And, and then we can focus on defensive tackle, right? Yeah, maybe. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- all right. Think about it like this: Virginia Tech started a redshirt freshman at quarterback this past season and played a bunch of freshmen and sophomore receivers. So two years from now, those they're all going to be juniors and seniors in the passing game. So they're all. Everybody's going to improve. That will be an effective passing game. The offensive line will be good. At least it seems like it will be good. So what? What lacks? What, a, running, running a, run, a running back that can make somebody miss in the open field. And and Tech left a lot of yard, a lot of running yards uh, out there last year because the running backs just couldn't make anybody miss in the open field. I mean, there wasn't a Ryan Williams or a David Wilson or anybody. Well, an example of that is the Miami game where early in the game, who was it that they – Trayvon McMillan. They could, they, they, could they, they blew open a big hole for him. He had one guy to beat. Seven-nothing Virginia Tech. You know? And they <laughs> couldn't beat him. Yeah, couldn't beat him. It turned out to be a nine-yard gain or something like that. And uh, perfectly blocked. So – but if De- Devin Ford's the a type of guy who can change that and really turn Virginia Tech's offense into – into the complete package, I think. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely have to see how his weekend goes with Virginia Tech. What are y'all's plans for the spring game? Oh, uh, go to it and tailgate. I don't know where I'm tailgating yet. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I'm a last-minute guy. Where do you guys like to sit for the spring game? Well, last year, since it was raining, we went up, we went up and sat in those club seats that were right underneath the uh, overhang. Yeah, 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 so yeah, that, yeah. That, that's like two out of the last three years I sat in the south end zone. Well, no, they, no, no. We, we sat – this past year, we sat in the west stands. It was those club seats. Okay. Um, and there was nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, just going to wander in and see what's there. I'm a, like it I told you, I'm a last minute. It it's depends funny. on who I tell see, you. My, my wife is the exact opposite. Uh, you know, I get up this morning. I go downstairs. She's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, uh, I'm going to go down the office and work a while. When are you going to shower? Uh, I don't know. You know <laughs> when are you going to go in the office? Well, I don't know. We got a pie. I don't know. <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm just the guy that just kind of makes it up as I go along. Yeah. Really? 
With regards to some things, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, y'all I really not, get that impression. You know, I, I, yeah, well, I mean, as far as going to the spring game, where you don't, there's no assigned seating. Yeah. You're seeing people that you haven't seen for six Parking's months since the last open. time you tailgated with them. Yeah. Uh, so it just you know, it depends on who I end up tailgating with and what time we go into the stadium, everything like that. I will be in the box. We know where you'll be. Yes. We know be. So have you guys got ironed out how you're going to keep stats this year, you and the other Yes, we are going to work together on stats this year, which will be nice because, yes, folks, Tech does not provide either unofficial or official statistics for the Virginia Tech spring game. So the media has to keep it themselves. They'll have no problem using the stats that the media provides. Though. Yes, yes. They will have no problem pimping those stats all over social media and on the website. There, there's uh, so much shaking of my head and rolling of my eyes yes, going on. Yes, yes. I've, 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 I've wondered if that's like a cost-cutting thing because they do have to pay people for a full day to, to do that. So mm. I, I don't know. If they're Student just, interns, if, man. Yeah. Well, I, I guess when you... That, that's hard. It's, it's, it's If you've never done it before, keeping stats is, is, is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping stats at a high school football game is literally the hardest thing in sports media. I used to... Uh, there uh, is nothing harder. I managed to make it into a couple of press boxes very early in my career, you know, not at Virginia Tech. And I sat next to a guy, uh, Bucky Dent, not the famous Yankee shortstop, <laughs> but a sports writer for the Bristol Herald, Bristol Herald Courier. And Bucky covered a lot of high school sports, and he had his own elaborate system for keeping stats. Um, I never asked him how it worked or anything, but, but he would have a pad of paper there, and he'd have this grid, and at the end of the game, he would know exactly what everybody had done. And he was very accurate, and he learned to do it at high school football games where the stats were terrible or non-existent. Yeah, especially out here in Southwest Virginia, the stats are non-existent. Now, if you go to, like, Texas or Florida yeah. or maybe some of the bigger cities in Virginia, uh, they will yeah, have, that's a like, bigger the, deal than they like have almost live stats. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, folks, all the time we have for this one. Spring game, 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, forecast in the mid-70s and sunny. So if you're around Blacksburg, you really don't have an excuse not to go. So go ahead and go to the game and, and get a look at the team. You'll have uh, one less look at the team than we will, so that'll be fun. Uh, and then afterwards, Virginia Tech baseball hosts Louisville at 7 p.m. on Saturday night, either the second or third game of the series. We're not exactly sure yet, depending on the weather. Right now, that would be the middle game of that three-game series, the grand opening of the renovated English field at Union Park. Uh, are you guys going to be able to go to that? Uh, I'm going to go to a baseball game this weekend. I just don't know if it's going to be that one, one or not. Uh, it kind of depends. I on definitely it. will not be going on the one on Saturday because I will be exhausted. The, the Braves are, can call up Ronald Acuna as early as Saturday oh my to avoid, avoid that one year. And <laughs> I really don't want to miss his first game, but I don't think they're going to call him up till Monday, though, when they yeah. get back home. I don't think they'll call him up in the middle of the series at, at Chicago. I am really close to just giving up on my Orioles for the year, so <laughs> I'm not really following them as close Let's as go Mets. What are they? What eleven and one? Uh, ten, ten and, and one. Thirty-seven and one. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> They're on pace. Seven and one. Pace for one hundred sixty-one and one. They're gonna win one hundred fifty-eight games. <laughs> Good. All right, folks. It's all the time after this. Well, plenty of coverage from the spring game on TechSideline.com on Saturday and throughout the weekend. But until then, until next week for the next episode for Will Stewart and for Chris Coleman, I'm Ricky the Blue. Thanks for listening.